0: He kept upping his ante. He didn't like more people showing up. And the same four words kept going.
1: Um, Fuss road up, bro. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That is a true freaking story.
1: If that happened to me when I was 11 years old, I would be terrified. Are you sure it wasn't a dog? Don't uh. you go Blue Book era Heineck on me, all right? <laughs> I will not take
0: that in my hope. All right, you. This, this is too weird. You have to take your clothes off. <laughs> oh, I have a little note here. It says wait for reactions. That didn't
1: really
2: work out. Uh, oh, oh, uh, oh, this, this is, is fiction, fiction and strange and truth. Strange truth.
0: Welcome to Fiction and Strange Truth. I am William, and with me is... Dustin. And... Steven. And once again, I will be trying to convince them of my spooky, spooky paranormal things that are totally true and no one Ooh. believes me. I feel so alone. All right, well, I got a really good one for you guys today. We're doing ghosts, finally. Yeah. yeah. Straight up ghosts. And uh specifically pol- poltergeists, which poltergeist in... In German means noisy ghost. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. Does it make sense? too for a while. All right. Well, our, our first frightening tale of spiritual
2: activity is fish,
0: fish and, and ghosts. ghosts. Whoa, whoa,
2: whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> the, is it fishing with ghosts or the ghost fishes?
0: No, it's kind of like fish fi- ghosts. It's kind of equivalent to fish and chips, but it's fish and ghosts. So fish with a side of ghosts. Yeah. Okay. And or, you know, maybe ghosts is the main, and, you know, you're just getting... <laughs> Don't fill up on fish. ghosts. Save room for fish. It's the Wednesday ghost fry. Did you guys know that chips are actually French fries?
2: Yes.
1: What?
0: <laughs> Thomas, an old man well-known in the village of Dunmore East, Ireland, spent his days plying his trade as a fisherman and earning a meager wage for his efforts. He was a solitary man, and despite never shying away from well-wishers or company, he never specifically sought it out. This lonesome sailor enjoyed the peace and quiet in his small home along the cliffs overlooking the sea, attempting to clear a frustrating clog in his pipe when an unfamiliar sound caught his attention. Here's the... noise oh, getting spooky! The clog is the ghost. <laughs> it's the noisy clog. Haunting your pipes. <laughs> He was familiar with every creak from the wind or thump of settling wood his aging home made, causing the muffled tones of what seemed to be speech to hold the focus of of his now inquisitive ear. Lifting from his chair and following the sounds toward their apparent source, Thomas found only his morning's catch lying limply within his icebox. Now Now the icebox in this isn't like like a chest of drawers it's like a literal ice box you had to go get ice and this would keep
2: your food cold so this is a while back how depressing that this morning's catch is just so limp (laughs) just hanging limply (laughs) it's very
0: flaccid morning fish
2: sucks (laughs) happens to everyone
0: you know only a couple people can catch hard morning fish (laughs) it's just it gets harder as you get older (laughs) (laughs) these erection jokes working for you guys out there you guys like these paranormal stuff and erection jokes annoyed he returned to his seat and the work to his pipe the mumbling continued throughout the night forcing thomas to repeat his investigation three more times on the fifth attempt to trace the disruptive murmurings thomas was met with one of the fish from his catch bursting from the icebox impacting against the wall near his head he ran to his bedroom and slammed the door, locking it behind him until the next morning. So he had a fish thrown at him, like Muppets style. No, it was a fish
2: ghost. <laughs> fish ghost flew across the room.
0: Oh, like it was like a flying like fish. A possessed fish. Oh, okay. Wait, the ghost of the fish. It was a ghost. Okay,
2: the body of the fish fly. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what ghosts can do. <laughs> well, these are
0: poltergeists. Poltergeists uh if you if you look into a lot of some uh, a lot of the paranormal events surrounding specifically what is thought to be poltergeists they can do some stuff
2: and some things
0: well we're talking to like just things disappearing and then reappearing in weird places like small things like you know pencils and change and all that all the way up to uh there's actually a recording of a family down in Mexico that was basically evicted from their house by the paranormal activity to the point that The police cameras and news cameras around the area investigating the house, you can see crap flying around in the house while Mm. cops are in there. Are you sure it wasn't the cops?
2: (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) It's the cops, man.
0: (laughs) Uh. So he hid in his room until next morning, which I think is a completely reasonable response to a possessed fish flying at your head. Assuming it was the effect of exhausted ears and eyes, Thomas attempted to go about his day. However, that evening he was met with the same low voice from the previous night, only this time it was clearer and less muffled. It was repeating the same four words, although they sounded as though they were in another language. This continued for a full week before Thomas contacted the noted Irish Paranormal Investigation Group, the Irish People's League for the Investigation of Odd Events. The I-P-L-I-O-E.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the I- IP e <Ipleo-e>. <laughs> Which really, that, that acronym is a word in, in Welsh or Gaelic. You know, they put consonants together in weird ways in it's, that language.
0: It's I'm true. It does sound like an old Irish name yeah. or, or, or something. So, hey, did, did I accidentally give it away with my acronym? Nah, I don't know. So he, he contacted this paranormal group, and they, of course, you know, showed up. They have people there. The frightening and unbelievable exchanges between the hardened investigators that followed Thomas's call scared the small team for the rest of their lives. Some carried old wounds that never quite healed. Another never regained sight in one eye. And still another was violently removed from this mortal coil, leaving behind a continuing criminal investigation. bum pom, pom. The, the, I, uh, play uh, a play, uh, uh, play got there and it went crazy. Uh, so one person was blind in one eye. Some people, the wounds they received. Like how? Like just a magic. Thing? Like crazy events. We're talking. So did not only, fish? not only fish started flying, okay. people did get hit with fish. The poltergeist, uh, seemed to like, he kept upping his ante. He didn't like more people showing up. Mm. And the same four words kept going. Um, Bus
1: road, uh, bro. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I imagine. Yeah,
0: all the door. That's why the fish flew, right? (laughs) Because he had all three words, and then he yelled, "Bro," which adds ten percent to any ability. Everyone knows that. Oh yeah.
1: If you yell, bro, while you're doing it, That's common knowledge. Yeah.
0: Crazy thing is, you know, yell, bro, while you're running, and you just you go so fast.
1: (laughs) Not as fast as if you yell, send it.
0: That's true. Or hold a knife. <laughs> you run faster with a knife. That is a, the deepest cut I've ever done. Someone out there will know what that is. Okay, so yeah, peep, uh, one guy actually died. And so there was an ongoing criminal investigation for several years trying to basically take Thomas to prison for this man's death. People wanted to blame it on him. <laughs> Can't blame it on the ghost, Thomas. Sorry. <laughs> but is that what the ghost was trying to do? Mm. Any thoughts? Come on. Try to try to trip me up here. Try to catch the fake one. Well,
2: we haven't heard the second one yet. So. <laughs> yeah.
1: So how was one person blinded?
2: It was uh flying shrapnel from wood. Okay. So okay. they all got it's kind of like final destinations where there's like these random accidents keep happening. Uh it was Different no, it, no, it
0: wasn't accidents. They were investigators. Happen. Yeah, there's investigators like just setting up cameras and like these weird I, I, I want to call them EV, EVP boxes. That's wrong. It's an EMF reader, electromagnetic field reader. They had kind of early-ish ones. It was kind of device, a device like that, very early electronics. And, you know, those got thrown around.
1: Uh, they had all sorts of crazy readings. So, All the injuries and the death occurred in the house? In the house. Yep. There
0: was no paranormal activity that followed Thomas outside the house, but there was paranormal activity while he was not in the house.
1: Were there witnesses to the death?
0: All the people there at the I play you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, why is there a criminal investigation?
0: Uh, maybe if we hear the full story, we'll find all out. Right. Maybe, some, maybe some people don't like Thomas. Maybe he's not the sweet old fisherman we all thought he was.
1: He's no Dorothy.
2: <laughs> That's for <laughs> sure, sure,
0: man.
1: He didn't bake no cookies.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, then, if there's no further questions, I can get to our next one, which I have titled Darkly, but I, you know, Kind of wanted to throw a neat theme in here. Nightmare, Nightmare on, on Green, Green street. Street, 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 street,
1: street.
0: There was a movie with a similar, similar title. Uh, it was like Nightmare. Friday the 13th.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Jason goes to hell. <laughs> it's hard enough just trying to get along on your own. But when you're a single mother, it's ex- exponentially harder. Peggy found herself and her two sons and two daughters living this kind of hard life in a low-income council house on Green Street in London after Peggy's divorce from her husband had been finalized. The cramped quarters left much to be desired as far as space, but it seems that perhaps there was just enough extra room for something supernatural. I'm picturing, I get a council house, is that
2: just... One of those things in British society, like right, you get divorced, you go live in the go live in the, the Green Street block. <laughs> all the other single mothers right? Like it's you know,
0: uh no, it's like a townhouse. It's like Dickens
2: Dickens. Oh, oh okay.
0: Yeah. So like these townhouses right next to me, about it's actually about the size of those. Oh. It's a it's a little two story split level flat. With a single staircase. Um, oh, that's
2: quite lovely. Yeah,
0: it, but it is, they are way too small for five people.
2: Oh, okay. So it's still like, it's like up in St. Clair's neighborhood.
0: Yeah. Okay. So you have like, you have like kitchen, you have probably like a kitchen and washroom on the downstairs, and then like all the bedrooms are upstairs, mm-hmm. and it's like super small. Yeah. One night after the children had been put to bed, Peggy was alerted by her daughters shouting about something in their room. She quickly made her way up the stairs, and upon opening the door, witnessed something truly astounding. A heavy wooden chest laden with some of the children's belongings was shuffling across the floor in the bedroom. Peggy intervened by placing her hands on the chest, which halted the ferocious furniture's apparent aggression. However, to her shock, it could not be budged from its current locale. So she managed to stop it, but it was stuck there to the floor. Couldn't move it. And this is obviously a chest that she could physically on her own move, because I think she probably put it there. We all know kids when you move, you know, no one helps. The kids are just off doing whatever, pretending they're Superman or some crap. I don't know what kids did. Little kid things. <laughs> little kid things. They play little games with a hoop and a stick down a dirt road or something like that. <laughs> As days passed, things only got worse. Knocks came from the walls and ceiling. Objects floated through the air. And one inquisitive visitor was even struck in the face by an animated and apparently angry Lego brick. Before long, it was apparent that the family was cursed by the presence of a potentially dangerous kind of spirit. A poltergeist. I just like saying that word, but the
1: like, <laughs> like the movie, the movie voice. It's more effective than if you were to say a noisy ghost. <laughs> right?
0: Have you noticed that? Like there's a lot of German words that sound awesome, and then you hear the translation, and you know it's like like here you like Krakenwagen! wagon. It's like, oh, it's an ambulance. <laughs> So that's not fun at all. Researchers and experts were quickly contacted, prompting the ghastly entity to up its game. It seemed to attach itself to the youngest of Peggy's daughters and use her as a conduit for its labored, scratchy speech. It claimed to have been human and to have lived in the very house the family now called their own. But soon the authenticity of these spectral shenanigans came into question as concerning evidence of childhood trickery came to light. Were these haunting encounters all just the elaborate hoaxes perpetuated by a pair of particularly talented youngsters? Or was there truly something more sinister emanating from the bricks and mortar of the small English council house on Green Street?
2: Bum, bum, bum!
0: Spooky. So that is the second story. So, you know, there's kids in this one. You know, kids, kids get up to some stuff. They do some some trickums. They do some, some, some shen- shenanigan-ins. I know,
2: but drunk Irish fishermen,
0: can you trust them? Do you know Thomas <laughs> drank?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thomas seemed like a very nice, upstanding oh, Catholic I did, man. I did make that assumption, didn't I? <laughs> no.
0: Uh, Thomas was known to drink, yes. Oh, okay. That came into the murder investigation. <laughs> hmm. But Nightmare on Green Street has, you know, poltergeggin's.
2: He attached himself to the youngest... Are you sure it's not a pedo-geist? (laughs) 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 Exercise that. I I should
0: say, so this one is in the 70s. Well,
2: yeah, you you said Lego, so I'm like, okay, 70s or later.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, And then the other one was also 60s, 70s-ish.
0: So I'm not super sure on the year. The the references for that put it on two different years, uh, but they did have some... Early Electronics the team was messing it, messing with that were a little surprising, but it said 55 56. So there were like, like, 50s still had a lot of um, like freeform circuits. It mm. was they were full circuits, but they weren't on a PCB,
2: okay.
0: And that's kind of what the description of these sounded it sounds like.
2: Sounds like someone would have an icebox still in the 50s, too.
0: Yeah, well, a little Irish, little Irish fishing village. I'm assuming that they weren't like. I'm assuming it's like the stereotyped, you know, like when we hear of Ireland, it's just a bunch of people walking around in thick sweaters on a dock. (laughs) Just a bunch of potatoes. All right, so those are your two choices, gentlemen. What do you think? Which one is the true story of poltergegick activity? (laughs) Poltergigity.
1: I'm leaning towards the fishing story because the initial claim was... It wasn't something crazy. It wasn't like, oh, I saw these lights and they followed my flashlight and <laughs> it was like someone fucking threw a fish at me and no one was there. <laughs> <laughs> so that's something I think most people would talk about. Mm. And and yeah, if you believe there's a poltergeist or, or whatever it might be, I think it's a realistic thing to uh, bring in a team, you know, and... Be like, yeah, can you figure out what's happening with my fish here?
0: If yeah. if it is true activity, you know, this could all be fake, Dustin.
1: <laughs> uh, well, I'm 0 for 3, so <laughs> I got nothing to lose. Oh,
2: <laughs> I, you know what? I'm feeling like the uh, the fisherman story could also be the true one, yeah, yeah, because it just seems like he put kids in this equation, like, oh, they're just messing around. They're they're, their mom's gullible. You know, like, Look, mom, the chest is moving across the floor.
0: Yeah, you think all this would just be so ridiculous that yeah. there'd be no proof?
2: Yeah. Or it's, they're, they're the ghosts. Right? <laughs> so what, then how did we get the
0: story?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know.
2: <laughs> I'll start why. doing
0: that.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Haven't you heard of ghost writing? Yeah. yeah.
0: Ghost writing? I'll <laughs> start doing that. I'm like, no, guys, this is a true story, but it was written by ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> Well, unfortunately, gentlemen, both of you missed the mark this time. Oh, the real man. story is the nightmare on Green, Green Street, more notably known as the Enfield Poltergeist. 0 okay. oh for 4.
2: Oh. Uh, that's not as famous as the Mothman or the. That I have no idea what the Enfield Poltergeist is.
0: Well, it's a UK thing, it is really um, popular over
2: there. It is. <laughs> oh, they tell the stories of bedtime stories. Yeah, and actually. i tell you about the Enfield Poltergeist. Some, some poltergeists just want to watch the world <laughs> burn. <laughs> it's, it's still huge over there.
0: Uh, actually, one of the Conjuring movies is based on it.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, that's Conjuring. Yeah, they take like one little story and they make a two-hour movie out of it.
0: I knocked over paper towels.
2: <laughs> oh, my God, it's a ghost. ghost.
0: <laughs> it was a fish. <laughs> The ghastly true story comes to us all the way across the pond in jolly old London. Early in the year of 1977, the processing of Peggy H- Hodgson's divorce. So we got a Hodgson, just FYI, Stephen. Mm-hmm. The processing of Peggy Hodgson's divorce left her not only free from the
2: bonds. Oh, Joel Hodgson. <laughs> yeah, that's the. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hodgson? Heck do I know any name of Hodgson? <laughs> <laughs> I, I know a Hollister and a Lundberg and a, and a Funderburg. And <laughs> I'm like, who do we know? I'm not the Hodgson. You're, not the Hodgson. Not, you're the Hodgson. You're the Hodgson. We want to get a Hodgson's out, in here, a out <laughs> in here in the desert. Anyway. the
0: the processing of Peggy Hodgson's divorce left her not only free from the bonds of a dead marriage but unfortunately also free from a spacious home for her and her four children with a reduced income Peggy could only afford to move her family into a low income council house it it was meant to live in comfortably but it was not nearly spacious enough for five people Uh, the quaint domicile rested at 284 Green Street in Brimsdown Enfield London. So we, uh, we have, this being in the 70s, we have a lot of really good information about this one. There's also some really interesting stuff that happened in this one uh, as far as conjecture. So I, I, I picked this one because there's a lot that could be faked, but there's so much that was totally f***ing real. <laughs> Things went on normally enough for some time until one terrifying night when the activity began. After their designated bedtime, Peggy heard her daughter, Janet, age 11, shouting about something upstairs. She sharply ordered, I want you to pack it in! Which is uh, English for, I'm going to go up there and hit you if you don't go to sleep. Time for sleepies, innit?
2: Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) But the children continued their shouting, demanding that their beds were shaking and frightening them. Angry that her kids were playing games with her and not adhering to their curfew, Peggy rushed upstairs to the girls' room and swung open the door. Her frightened daughters huddled in the corner, screaming about the unknown forces affecting their furniture. There was barely time for the young girls to explain what they had witnessed, when a large oak chest began swiftly sliding toward the bedroom door, seemingly intent on keeping Peggy from assisting her children. She was able to reach down in time to stop the chest's approach, but failed to move it back from where it came, despite pushing with all her strength. Peggy quickly got her children out of the house amidst mysterious thumps and knocks from within the walls, shuttling her children to the door of her neighbors, Vic and Peggy Nottingham. So a Peggy next li- lives next to a Peggy. Peggy's. Zoe Where's Peggy Hill? Well, this is the Peggy <coughs> section of the council
2: housing. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, Peggy is technically a nickname for Margaret. So how many Margarets we got here? Well, maybe one's a a straight-up Peggy and one's a Margaret. But you said they're both Peggies. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, they can go by nicknames, bro. It's like I'll call Dustin Uncle Dusty. (laughs) (laughs) You do? But only when it's just us two. Mm. That's right. Uh, So she went to the neighbors, Vic and Peggy Nottingham, where they found (laughs) Sanctuary. Vic entered the Hodgson's residence intent on finding the intruder, man or animal, responsible for the events. Although he did witness the bizarre phenomena, he was unable to find the source of the sounds. So he also did see stuff moving around, and he also heard thumps and knocks and cracks coming from like inside the walls, but it's hard to have things inside the hall ho- inside the walls because these are again like those those townhomes near me, they're just they're together, all in big rows, and they weren't not at the end, so they, they were bordered on each side. That's also so, why Vic and Peggy were so close. So
2: this is like a row house. Like you've got people on both sides of you with no space in between. Correct. Okay.
0: The, ho- the houses are physically attached together in a, in a row. Yeah. Lacking any clue of who to reach for help, Peggy went to the phone. Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. No, you're going to call Constable WPC Carolyn Heath. You're not going to call the High
2: <laughs> Ireland Society for the Inspection and Quiz... quizzin. I have to. I have to go back to that odd events. (laughs) It was the
0: uh, see where is where is this uh, noted? Oh no, sorry. Fairly odd events. The the noted investigation group, the Irish People's League for the Investigation of Odd Events. People's League. (laughs) It play (laughs) you.
2: We're a League of Peoples.
0: (laughs) So she called Constable WPC Carolyn Heaps. Well, not specifically Carolyn, but she called the constables, who sent out WPC Carolyn Heaps, who upon arrival stared in astonishment as an armchair lifted from the ground, floated four feet, and dropped to the floor. So this happened in front of this police officer while the family was out of the house because she was looking for what could be going on. Heaps inspected the chair for signs of trickery, but came up short. So she flipped it over, looked for strings or something on it. Apparently, people calling the constables and playing floating furniture tricks on them is regular that they do this investigation. But She's got
1: the
2: manual. (laughs) Step one, check for strings. (laughs) Step two, check for motorized devices inside the chair. (laughs) Yep, pretty much that's exactly it. Step three, time for tea.
0: (laughs) Heaps inspected the chair for signs of trickery but came up short. Days later, Peggy tried the next best option to the police and contacted a tabloid, the Daily Mirror, <laughs> who dispatched Graham Morris. Well, okay, so this isn't as tabloidy as like Weekly World News or you know, the, like the Mom, Bat Boy. Nobody
2: calls the Weekly World News the paper.
0: <laughs> but yeah, this isn't as weird as like Bat Boy or like you know, the Resurrection of Jesus is becoming president or all those weird titles we no, saw it's growing just up. Floating
2: furniture, completely humdrum.
0: Well, no. No, the boring. so the Daily Mirror was a whatever's hot newspaper. So it was a tabloid, but it was a tabloid of
2: real stuff. So they actually showed up to
0: to, to check this out.
2: Tabloid in the publishing lingo means the physical arrangement of the newspaper is a horizontally folded eleven by seventeen or smaller. Oh. That's like a tablet tabloid. That's why it's called that way. Okay. It's, only, with- it's a it's just frequent that many Tabloids are also trash publications because they're cheap to make. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> published yeah. stupid. Shit. Th- that's
0: yeah. <laughs> so when I when I say tabloid, I'm going with like the colloquial yeah s- tabloid. Colloquial, anyway. Something. <laughs>
1: Col- clo- colonic? colonic, colonial. Yes. Yeah, colonic <laughs>
0: saying. <laughs> Let's see, Colonel. <laughs> uh, so the Daily Mirror's dispatched Graham Morris. Uh, during his visit, Graham observed marbles and Lego bricks moving or floating of their own accord, one of which struck him below the eye, leaving a small but noticeable wound. <laughs> so this is a single Lego brick flying hard enough to actually make you bleed. Ah, oh, that really hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Who throws a Lego? <laughs> and that guy's not even really British.
2: <laughs>
0: but no, so this this is a little surprising. Um, the full story of that is, is Graham didn't, observe much when he first got there uh and he was leaving he was like and eh, there's nothing going on you guys are crazy and he was walking out the door and then as he was walking out the door it's almost like the poltergeist is like "No, oh, no hey i was kidding come back <laughs> i was a bathroom break sorry i'm here i'm here <laughs> yeah and so and so stuff started happening um we we had all the um uh legos and marbles moving around he heard knocks and thumps and things like that too Morris contacted Guy Lyon, and yes, his name is Guy Lyon Playfair. He has, like, a made-up name. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, are <laughs> having a piss. You made that up. <laughs>
0: so, so Morris, the reporter from the Daily Mirror, contacted Guy Lyon Playfair and Maurice Gross of the Society for Psychical Research, which is... Uh, still around today, and they look at weird stuff like this. It's not so much UFOs and and things like that. It's poltergeists, um, telepathic abilities, you know, transdimensional crossing stuff like that. They look
2: into not, not unbelievable stuff like UFOs. Yeah, no, they they got it. <laughs> we hard science with us, man. Come on,
0: they've they've got to put their foot down somewhere. So yeah, you know, and draw the line. <laughs> These two investigators stayed with the case through the majority of the activity and collected the body of proof and research later used during the writing of The Conjuring 2. During their time with the Hodgson's, Playfair and Gross documented the odd animation of furniture, knocks and scratches from the walls and ceiling, disembodied uh, voices and mumblings, the girls levitating from their beds, and the inexplicable spirit that developed a voice through Janet, Peggy's youngest daughter. So this went on for quite some time. This wasn't like a quick event. This is over months that we're seeing this. First, the voice manifested as a gruff barking emanating from or from just behind Janet. Now, that's an interesting fact. I read a few different things covering this. And so some people, when they were hearing it, they're like, it's coming from Janet. Like it's coming out of her throat, even though her mouth isn't moving. And then others were like, no, it's like, it's like if I were to stand right behind one of you and talk. They said that's what it sounded like. It almost sounded like the sound was coming from like out and around her head.
1: So if that happened to you guys, would you not like the next day be like, okay, I need to find a new place to live?
2: <laughs> well, they didn't, they, they just <laughs> yeah, didn't, they didn't have an
1: option. They're like, in public
2: housing, unfortunately. So. Yeah.
0: So, so this, this public housing works a little different in the government than ours does here. You're you, you, like, you pay rent like you would in like a cheap townhome, but you pay it to the government. And like, this was, this was all. Peggy could afford.
2: And if they don't live there, some other family is going to live there. I mean, it's not like they're going to have it vacant. you know.
0: Yeah, exactly. They shut it
2: down. And it's also, it's not like the Bates house where it's like a house by itself. You can just bulldoze it. No. Say, okay. Be gone. Like, <laughs> this is a whole row of people's homes. Probably that the, it's like, damn you, Poltergeist, the yeah. most inconvenient location. Right. You come out looking all tired and your neighbor's watering his grass. It's like, oh, I got couldn't, the haunted one, did you? Couldn't uh, <laughs> couldn't be haunting the cottage in South Sloughberry or wherever, <laughs> Southwe- Southeast, but uh, the row houses, you know, you got you to gotta haunt the public housing. Great job, Poltergeist.
0: When have you ever heard anyone? People just can't catch a break. <laughs> yeah, but Stephen, when have you ever heard, oh, uh, you know, my house is haunted. Oh, where do you live? Oh, a quaint little cottage out in the hamlets so, in
2: well, the fields. Could be. Yeah. You know, however, hauntings happen.
1: <laughs> I bet their neighbors play pranks on them. They're like, mm. hey, watch this. <laughs> and they go up to the wall. and they're, Yeah.
2: It's like the.
1: Ooh, <laughs> they
2: make the whales talk. <laughs>
0: Uh, so, yeah, the voice
2: was coming out of Peggy.
0: And it, it, when it first manifested, it would manifest as seriously like a bark. In fact, if you would like, I do have a link to the uh, some of the recordings mm-hmm. of this, if you guys want to hear it. So it did start out as a barking. Um, the guy, Morris, uh, he has his tape recorder. He's still there uh, while um, Playfair and Gross are. And you hear Morris say, you know, he's, he says, Say my name. And you seriously hear, <laughs> like that, like a bark. Walter White. <laughs> Or Heisenberg,
2: sorry, Heisenberg.
0: But you, you hear that, and then he's like, that's not my name, say my name. And you hear it go, like you hear it struggle, and it's like, Morris. Like, almost like it's burping the word out, but it's, you can hear it say Morris. After a bit of encouragement from Morris, who was beginning to record the audio from the investigations, the poltergeist managed to change its harsh bark, harsh bark into a singular word, Morris. And soon the, the entity was able to manifest more words through Janet, uh, who fell into sometimes deep and violent trances. Basically, uh, Janet would fall into these trances that were sometimes like she would flop almost like someone having a violent seizure. And those were usually when the voice would start coming out.
2: Pazuzu? Yeah,
0: a lot, a lot like <laughs> Pazuzu or like um, me after like I realize there's a bee and I'm just like flailing. <laughs> It was a bit foul-mouthed and struggled to form clear speech, explaining that it was, in fact, the ghost of a man named Bill Wilkins, a former tenant of the home. Bill even went as far as to explain how he died and what it was like. And these are in the recordings. If you listen to the recordings, he, the voice talks about what it felt like and looked like to die and what it's been like since.
2: Hmm.
0: It's a little... The recordings, is like 14 minutes of it, and it's, it's cut up weird. There's no, like... Kind of timeline to it. They're just kind of cut together, so it's a little confusing what happens, but when you hear the voice talking, it's Although the poltergeist's antics culminated with the spirit aggressively levitating and throwing the girls from bed, activity slowed soon enough, followed by the public interest. Eventually, even Morris and the devoted researchers from the SPR, that's the Society for Psychical Research, Playfair and Gross, Departed from the Hodgsons, leaving them to live with whatever small intrusions the unruly specter could still muster. So activity wasn't done, but it was start, it was starting to slow.
2: <laughs> it's like, hi well, your problem now. Well, it's not throwing fish, so we're leaving. It's not the fault of the British government. Sorry, <laughs> we're not here to investigate the ghost. We're just here to make sure that it's not the fault of the government that owns the building. <laughs> you
0: know what's, you know what's funny? You can see the interview with WPC Carolyn. And she's funny because, like, she looks exactly like how a stereotyped British cop would look, just kind of standing there, very official, Billy Club hanging from the <laughs> belt, reflective green vest, just like, yeah, I saw this chair. <laughs> like, oh, London. <laughs> <laughs> America loves to stereotype you. What's most interesting about this case is not so much the activity itself. In fact... As that was actually very standard and cliche for a poltergeist. It really was. Like everything they went through was like textbook poltergeist. It's the skeptical response to these events and how a few poorly timed pranks from Janet and her sister Margaret may have confounded the research done by the SPR, despite Morris, Playfair, and Gross all standing by their experiences. On multiple multiple occasions, Margaret and Janet were caught creating knockings or planting Moved or damaged objects. Researchers from the Skeptical Inquirer, which the Skeptical Skeptical Inquirer is a skeptics magazine, uh, also pointed to the lack of activity when the girls were not present uh, as definitive proof of a hoax. Even John Beloff, the former president of the Society for Psychical Research, suggested that Janet was practicing ventriloquism to create the personality known as Bill. This opinion does hold a bit of water as Bill shared some personality traits with Janet, namely the fact that they both had the tendency to change subjects often and unprompted. However, a professional ventriloquist reviewed Morris's tapes and confirmed that such a harsh voice for an extended period of time would cause damage to Janet's throat and leave her noticeably gruff, a symptom she never experienced. We also have the fact that Janet was able to produce the voices while her mouth was filled with water and taped shut. Years later, Janet stated, Oh yeah, once or twice we faked it, just to see if Mr. Gross and Mr. Playfair would catch us. They always did. Most damning for the skeptics regarding Bill is the fact that a man came forward to confirm that his father's name was Bill, and he died in 284 Green Street, in an armchair after experiencing a brain hemorrhage, just as Janet's bill had claimed. Now, this one's fun. I, I I chose this one because this one did have a lot for skeptics to push against because the girls were caught bending a couple spoons and, like, hmm. tapping, like, with their knuckles. Like, you know, they, they were, like, sitting while they were all recording and they would, like, tap with their knuckles, you know, like, between their knees so no one could see. Things like that. But... Playfair and gross and even the girls are like, like Playfair and gross. They're like, we caught them like every time. Or they would review stuff later and they're like, no, this is fake. We can hear this is weird.
2: And the girls so, were like, we tried, but they caught us. So the girls the like provided a false positive to compare against basically. A potential.
0: Yeah. yeah because there were, there were strange <clears throat> knockings and, and other things like that, that I don't, because I've heard the audio and there's, even in old tape recorders, you can kind of hear a far Mm -hmm. sound versus a close sound, especially older tape recorders and really crappy microphones. And you would hear like, you hear like tuk tuk, you know, like really close to the mic. And you're like, okay, maybe that's the girl screwing around because they always sat near everybody. But you'd hear some that sound like they're coming from like a ceiling or or like a, a hollow wall. So there's a lot to speak for the authenticity of this. As well as the whole thing with the ventriloquist. So that's why I read the part with the professional ventriloquist coming in. He did like this ventriloquist looked at the footage. Or not the footage, but the recordings. He listened to them and he said, Oh yeah, she could totally make that voice. And you know, so Gross and Playfair are like, well crap. <laughs> you know, they're 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 ticked that, you know, potentially they could be like easily thrown off. But that ventriloquist immediately turned around. And he's like, but she could not do it for as long as she did it. Hmm. Because there's recordings of her talking, like, as the voice stops. Like, she speaks. And her voice is fine. And this voice is really gruff. Like, the voice that they were doing would hurt me after, like, a couple times. And she's, she's like, a, well, like, an 11-year-old girl, you know? Really having to deepen her voice. Really having to push a gruff sound. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think she could have faked it as well as, you know, you had, you had people see stuff move on its own accord without the family there. I mean, you had, you know, uh, WPC Carolyn Heaps. She went on TV saying, yeah, I'm a cop who, with a career, and, yeah, I totally saw a piece of furniture float around. I mean, what are you guys' thoughts? This one's crazy. I'd like to see.
1: The, oh, hear the, hear the voices? I'd like to hear the voices, too, but I would like. It's just another one of those stories with a cop. It's like, <laughs> shot a chair and then <laughs> had to make up a story that it was flying at her. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, Officer Heaps is
1: is straight up, like, very serious about what, she,
0: what she's saying. And neighbors saw this. Morris and Gross and everyone were there. And so you have that conjecture. But at the same time, there's this weird thing where, yes, the girls fake some things, but I've heard this in other stories to where they, like, people in the family see that, investigators like maybe the ghost is quiet for a while like even a ghost that was really violent is just quiet for a little while while the investigators are there and no one's believing them. They're, they're losing their source of support so they fake a little bit to like keep them around. I've, I've heard of that before with people with way more and way better evidence than this story. It's interesting.
2: Yeah you know that story of the crucible that's you know teenage girls get caught dancing in the woods and they make up a whole story about what, what was really happening oh yeah, yeah, doing in Salem. What they shouldn't have been doing yeah, started the whole witch trials thing kind of it's a fictional account of that, but you know it's like the same thing' it's like oh you got kids that won't go to bed no it's, uh, it's not us, it's the ghost you know and it's like I hate to bring him up because of the recent news, but you know Bill Cosby used to have this whole routine about him and his brother not being able to go to bed and then just blaming it on when their dad would very angrily come into the room to blame it on oh a man came in through the window and started jumping on our bed you know like, kids make up any that they will make up anything and they don't have any sense of reality. So they'll just keep making stuff up that you can easily just be like, Oh, you know, how did that happen? But I get it. It's also, it's like it's the seventies, right? Yeah. So they don't have like a Bluetooth speaker behind her pillow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You know, and there's, there witnesses and it's been documented. And so, you know.
0: Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and there were, I mean, you know, Morris and Gross, they were professionals when they were coming in, you know, to view this. So it's not like it was just, you know, random people coming in and being like, Oh yeah I, yeah, I totally saw a thing. Like these, these are people who know how to know how to take audio recordings, know how to take documentation, know how, know how to how
2: eliminate uh, witnesses, things, or,
0: no, <laughs> you know, eliminate evidence, you know, bad ev- or, you know, yeah.
2: eliminate false positives or eliminate. You
0: know, yeah. Things. But to your point about saying that, Oh yeah, she, they're little girls. They could have made some stuff up. Could two little girls, fake a heavy wooden chest moving towards their mom really fast when they themselves are not even near it. That, that's one of the things you, you can't really people falsify say st- that. Pe-
2: yeah, people say stuff all the time, though. And even, are, are you calling WPC heaps a liar? She saw that <laughs> armchair move, Steve. Well, like Dustin said, what if she shot at it? <laughs> I mean, cops in America anywhere, they're always shooting at pets and anything that catches their eye if they're on, on, you know, on alert. But, uh, so
0: you're saying British cops are better because they shoot and, furniture?
2: Well, first of all, what's a <laughs> yeah. what is a British cop doing with a gun? Uh, this is the 70s, the actually, place. so they didn't have guns yet. Constables
0: still did not have firearms on them in okay. the 70s. So they actually we, did not have firearms then, until very recently. So we
2: made that up. We just assumed that. <laughs> yeah. So but she, she could have really she clubbed a billy club to truck at yeah. it with <laughs> her club or blackjack. Oi! What you doing with that? Anyway. more excuses for Cockney accents here?
0: Well, I'll splice in the real audio here, but here is the voice of Bill, the ghost.
2: Let me hear you say my name. Come on, let me hear you say my name. That's not my name. Come on, my name's Morris. Let me hear you say it.
1: Is-
0: so. That is the, the voice of Bill the Ghost, which we, we did get, you know, the poltergeist doing things in the house, and we did have Bill coming through saying what he was. But there's a lot of accounts where poltergeists just kind of make stuff up, it, not necessarily stuff that's fake, but they make stuff up that's not real about them. So there's poltergeists who claim to be people or, or you know, some sort of other spirit, and they still screw with you. So the fact that we, we get a voice that came through Janet when she was very young and you know was able to be that gruff so what, what are your guys' opinion about that voice that you were hearing the one barking and saying maurus maurus
1: maurus that was allegedly an 11-year-old girl's voice yes said.
0: yeah that was that was recorded in front of multiple witnesses
1: and that voice was coming out of Janet
2: but her mouth wasn't moving
0: as so i there's no video of this but all the accounts say her mouth never really moved like sometimes it would move a little bit like you know when you're you just moving your mouth, but
1: maybe she was friends with the neighbor's kid and convinced him to like shout into the vent, <laughs> the vent that went between houses. Yeah, yeah, okay, you know that vent. Yeah, yeah. Everyone has them.
0: Yeah, me, me, and me and Michael's have, house.
1: Yeah, we <laughs> <laughs> have those plastic cups with strings. And-
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you think it was it was, it was prankety pranks.
1: I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just so skeptical. It's hard to take everything at face value. I mean, like Yeah, there were tons of witnesses. I'm like, eh, well. What if I said <laughs> that this was also investigated by Ed and Lorraine Warren mm,
0: yeah. of Paranormal Fame, who I am questionable about.
2: They are yeah, fame seekers, that's for sure.
0: they were so I I think Ed and Lorraine Warren did investigate legitimate paranormal events, and I think they did take legitimate notes, but I think they inflated a lot of what they encountered, and I think it was for the fame of it, which maybe their thought was, you know that hey, you know, we're trying to do some good by getting people's eyes on this, but i'm I'm iffy about the Warrens. and they investigated this, they claim it was all true. However, Playfair and Gross, like their evidence is pretty startling. I've listened to all five minutes of that recording. Um, There was another one that was like 14 minutes, but the audio quality was really, really bad. And it's it's surprising. I don't think a
1: little girl could have made these voices. Uh, Something I continue to get stuck on is if that happened to me when I was 11 years old, I would be terrified. They often were. And I wouldn't... I wouldn't...
2: um yeah, she just sits still for this whole thing like is,
1: well she would trance out. Oh, okay. But I also wouldn't knock on the ground and like try to make these I wouldn't I wouldn't try to fake it. Fake if, the
0: thing that's scaring you.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's just like taunting it. So mm-hmm. to me it kind of seems like she's she knows something else is going on. Uh, otherwise, I feel like she would just be terrified of it and not not be willing to you know like make jokes and stuff or Mm. try to fake it i don't know
0: okay no that's that's a legitimate point the the childhood faking uh is a big one in this story that's again another one of the reasons i chose this because there's a lot to to point against it even there's a lot to point with it the supposed throwing photos of the the children being thrown but um there's a couple photos of supposedly janet being thrown from bed and there is one that looks like it is a very forward, uncontrolled motion. There is another one that it's clearly like a trampoline jump off of the bed. So and, I'm iffy on those. Yeah. Wh- who's taking those pictures and why? Uh, <laughs> so Playfair, it was either Playfair or Gross, was taking the photos often while Morris was recording audio. And that's when, like, the throwing would happen. I don't think they snuck into the girls' room, like, late at you know, night. We're just, just like...
1: <laughs> Fly from your bed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> don't mind me. I'm like, just, a, like I said, pedo guys.
1: Yeah. <laughs> just taking pictures of an 11-year-old girl what sleeping. You, no what, big what, deal.
2: What, what are you doing here? Why don't you have a seat? Have a seat right there.
1: <laughs> Why is the poltergeist always by Wendy's?
2: Mm-hmm. All right,
0: so, so you gentlemen are thinking that this was what? Childhood, childhood trickery? What's your guys' official
1: verdict on this? Yeah, kids. That's what I'm leaning, leaning towards. Yeah, I just, again, for me, I can't imagine not just living my life terrified. Like, there's no way in hell I would try to fake something like that if I really thought there was paranormal activity going on in my yeah. house. Mm-hmm. And through my freaking body, you know, <laughs> like, I, that would scare the shit out of me.
0: Yeah, well, th- that's something I've heard of in some other stories also, though, is there's some where, like, people who start out terrified end up, like, having a, almost, like, a weird craving for the possession so or like for the...
1: ghostly, what is it, Munch, Munchausen syndrome? Uh, yeah. Or, what is yeah. it?
0: Yeah, <laughs> ghost, ghost, how, ghost, ghosthausen by proxy. Yeah. Munchausen by proxy is when, like, you hurt your kids to get attention for yourself. Okay, so what am I thinking of? Stockholm syndrome? Stockholm syndrome, yeah. <laughs> that's that's when you, you identify with your captor. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's, yeah, yeah, That's Stockholm. <laughs> so they have pol- you you polterhome syndrome. Although oh, that's so, <laughs> so stated. So so this is poltergeist home syndrome. Hmm. It seems like okay. Well, no, you know I do agree. I, I do agree with you guys. This does seem a little kid fishy. But at the same time, there is stuff that could not have been faked. And apparently, you guys are saying that you know WPC Carolyn Heaps, who very well could still be an officer today, you're calling her a big liar, lie pants, <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. Well, then, everyone, allegedly thank you for joining us for Fiction, fiction and, and Strange, strange truth. truth. Please go ahead and uh, send us any comments or reviews to fictiontruthpodcast at gmail.com. Nice. I want to clarify, it is not com. <laughs> it is fiction, truth, podcast at gmail.com, uh, or go ahead and uh, send us a message through Anchor. You can do that. You can give us voice messages through there. Uh, social media TBD for us for now. But thank you, everyone, for joining us. Dustin, you will believe in child ghosts one day. Yeah, maybe. And Stephen, I think you secretly believe in child ghosts. Doubt <laughs> <laughs> <Totally. laughs> it. <laughs> thank you, everyone, and good night.